This is Zadmeister, and welcome to the Stream Coach Podcast, the show that helps you step up your game as a professional live streamer. And now, here is your host, she's read the first Harry Potter book 37 times, Ashney Christ! Hello streamers and welcome back to the Stream Coach podcast. I have some Twitch news for you and then we're going to actually jump into talking about this week's episode real quick and we will get immediately into the interview. So the news for you this week is that Twitch actually came out with a couple of changes that they're going to be making to the platform. If you haven't heard already, they're getting rid of IRL and creative, they're adding tags, and they're getting rid of communities. So what they're doing here is they're really like trying to restructure the site to get rid of um, IRL and creative and instead focus more on the really different experiences that each of those communities serves. And they're trying to carve out a separate community space for really each type of content that you see in the IRL section or in the creative section. So it's really interesting the addition of tags and like getting rid of communities might actually change the normal advice of like don't stream saturated games. So for me, that's really exciting because as a as an educator on Twitch about Twitch, <laughs> that means that the advice that I give people might actually change quite a bit in the future. It might not be, hey, don't stream Fortnite. Instead, the good advice might be, hey, stream Fortnite, but make sure that you're using tags that nobody else is using. So We'll see what that looks like in the future, but that's really exciting. Another change that was added was sub-gifting, but community sub-gifting, okay? Community sub-gifting, as a viewer is able to gift 5, 10, 20, 50, or 100 subs all at one time, the algorithm chooses people that are gifted based on them being either current viewers or followers of your channel. The downside to this is that bots and band chatters actually can be gifted as well. So take that that information and do with it what you will, but some people are a little bit upset about that. Some people are just excited because community sub-gifting is a thing now, which is honestly pretty awesome. So this week's episode is with Go Operatives, and I'm really excited for this episode because Goop is a fantastic person. He's a Twitch and Warframe partner, a huge mental health advocate, and the reason that I love Goop so much is honestly because he's just so open. He's really open and vulnerable and honest about his struggles, and that vulnerability, like we talk about this all the time in the streams, vulnerability is incredibly powerful when it comes to building a community. If you can open up and be honest and vulnerable, then the people that are around you it's easier for them to open up and be honest and vulnerable and they all get to know each other way better and then that's really how you get to to get a community sense inside of a space, right? This episode does come with a trigger warning though because Goop opens up about his experiences specifically with suicide, so keep that in mind. But he also goes really into depth about just general Twitch advice and a lot of good good information here about how to be inclusive and also build a space at the same time. So enjoy the episode and I will see you all after. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me I have GoOperatives who is a Twitch partner, Warframe partner, and a huge mental health advocate. What's up Goopy? It's uh, real hot here in the Midwest. Let's just 
that sums up my day pretty good. I feel that so hard. <laughs> so hard. I'm in Austin, Texas, which is just like uh, yeah. literally living inside of an oven right now. Yeah, it's so, like 105 for you guys or something? Yup. Very hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome never going outside. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we kind of live that life anyway, don't we? Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so I specifically wanted to have you on to talk about mental health in your own journey because I have a lot of respect for you and the way that you run your stream. You're very open and honest about everything and you're honest to the point of you still talk about like your struggles and everything. So it's, it's yeah. amazing to see. Um, do you mind kind of sharing a little bit more about your journey with us and what that's looked like? Um, would you like my journey on Twitch or pre pre Twitch? Let's do I, I pre, guess. we'll do pre Twitch and then we'll get into the Twitch of it. Yeah, um, there's it's like a it's I don't know it's got a little bit of a it's a girthy story if you will. But <laughs> um, when I was when I was 16, um, I I didn't feel quite right. Um, like as as a human being, like I saw everybody else like going through the throes of their teenage years, but I didn't. Like I was, I felt like I was getting hit a little harder than normal. So um, at one point I asked my parents if I could, and this is going to be full transparency. So if anybody's like, whoa, that got deep fast, it, I'm, that's just how it goes. But um, as my parents, if I can get diagnosed, cause I knew that our family had had some history, but it was sort of like swept under the rug. Um, so I was like, I want to see what's up. Like, I don't feel quite like a normal quote unquote teenager. Um, it, it boiled down to my mom being like, nah, you're fine. Just a teenager. Like, it's okay. You don't need to get diagnosed. We're, we're fine. Um, so, the like, my family life was really just me raising my brother. My dad was disabled and mom always worked. So, it was very much, like, pretty, not like broken home or anything, but very much like we were just sort of on our own. Like, our parents were very, very much doing the best they could. But, um, so, uh, after a while, because of my dad's disability... Um, my dad had access to strong pain medications and I was feeling particularly low as a teenager who was already going through um, what I now know to be bipolar disorder and as well like just going through teenager stuff I felt really by myself I didn't have friends that I could talk to like in high school you don't like confide in your friends about like at the time I didn't it wasn't as much of a talkative point um, so I took a handful of these medications, uh, which were meant for a, a much larger man than myself, um, and I was like, let's let's sort of pull the plug on life, if you will. And um, it didn't take me long to regret that decision immediately. I purged my system and felt sick for a few days, and and here we are, you know, sort of thing. So I it was it was what I consider consider an attempted suicide, but it wasn't you know it wasn't as like severe as some others can be. Um, so finally, that was the pushing point, and I decided I wanted to, uh, or I, I, my parents were like, let's go get diagnosed. Like, that was kind of the point that maybe maybe there was something up, and so I got diagnosed with bipolar 2, and I have generalized anxiety disorder. Um, that is a nine-year-old diagnosis, which probably needs to be re-evaluated. Um, fast forward to, I did YouTube content creation for a really long time. Uh, I was a skateboarder in high school, outside of high school, always had cameras was making videos and edits and features and things like that um and i just got my body got too broken uh over the years to continue doing that so i was like i met a friend at best buy and and 
we decided we wanted to make gaming content because we both loved games, but we decided to, to do that. So uh, we sort of modeled ourselves after the Game Grumps and went in making Let's Play videos and doing all these goofy things. Uh, two years of that and getting no traction. Uh, he was like, man, I got to go back to school because this can't be my life. And I was like, I don't blame you. Uh, so uh, I started on Twitch. I was like, what is this Twitch thing? It's going nowhere. Like live content, super weird. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. And the rest is history. Um, I started Twitch around the exact same time my daughter was born, like within the same month. So that's the only way I can keep track of how long I've been on Twitch. So I've been on Twitch for about two years. Um, I was Twitch partnered like four months ago, four months ago, probably less. I'm not actually sure. I think April. So, um, and we sort of fell into the mental health discussion by accident, um, in a really, really weird, fascinating sort of way. So here we are. Uh (laughs) So how is it that you feel Twitch has really like impacted your mental health? Twitch has a lot of like really negative ways to impact your mental health and really like positive ways. I I don't know that I'd be able to cope as well with my anxieties or I would have been pushed to learn how to cope if I wouldn't have been on Twitch. Um, Twitch Mm -hmm. forces you to take a lot of introspective moments to see like and compare yourself to others in positive and negative ways to see, to gauge yourself and see how you're doing. So it was very much Twitch has been um, me hitting roadblocks with my face just as fast as I could and then figuring out how to get over those roadblocks or go around them um, in regards to my mental health. So like beating myself up over numbers or staring at my viewer list and things like that and learning how to separate who I am as a human being away from who I am as a streamer and the analytics of it all because your numbers don't define you. And for a long time, I lived under the scrutiny of like, well, I'm not doing well on Twitch, so I'm not a, I'm not a good person or I don't have a lot of worth or sort of putting my self-value on a totem of analytics. And, and so like that helped me to gain a little bit of like traction and evaluating myself as self, my self-worth and, and, and things like that. Um, Twitch is also just kind of like um, with with my mental health has connected me to so many people that I could never have met otherwise. I don't have IRL friends. I don't go to the bars and hit up friends and, and go drink or anything like that. Like I have a daughter and a fiance and I stay home and I stream. So it's very much like I wouldn't have a ton of friends if I weren't streaming. So um, that's also been like a really positive impact on my mental health, being able to reach out to so many phenomenal people like yourself and just find other like-minded individuals so absolutely that's kind of the positives the negatives a little bit of a mix that's actually really interesting because i'm in the the same situation where i don't really go out and hang out with anybody like i don't feel i feel like i've really very much so retreated into the twitch community and retreated into just being present here do you feel like um, especially if you're someone who struggles with mental health do you feel like that is a good thing or should we be focusing on trying to grow our IRL relationships and friendships as well? It's gotta be, it's gotta be both. Um, mm. It's gotta be both because if you shelter yourself, like it's very easy and, and I do it again, cause I don't have people really around here and it's not, I live in a very rural community, very farm, very, like it's a college town, but in the summer it's just like really run down and quiet so it, it, there's not a lot of people people here especially that look like me or identify with me so it's very it's very interesting um but 
you get cabin fever as a streamer like you start to sort of like isolate yourself from other humans and like especially somebody with mental health issues like my anxiety prevents me from going out and making plans like oh let's go to the city that's three hours away and like hang out uh, just even if it's me and my fiance or whatever like my anxiety sort of wants me to stay in as well and she's like ah you're good you're fine whatever um it, it's really important to focus on the external as well like taking at least a day a week to like go outside or and being sure to go out for a walk at least like even though it may be 105 degrees maybe the the sweat might be worth it um because as streamers a lot of us i i personally hold a belief that a lot of streamers i would say more than half of the streamers out there probably have some form of depression or anxiety or stuff like that and that's why we're very introverted people and it's why we keep to ourselves very well on on twitch um, so I think it's important that, like, especially regarding mental health, I go outside, get some sunlight, because I generally people with depression have a vitamin D deficiency, right? So you want to get out in the sun and enjoy life um, a little bit. And it's also, it's important to, like, detach. If you worked, like, an office job and you were, like, super strict on always being at that office job and then you went home and studied those numbers and you kept doing that office job thing, like, you have no time to decompress and get away from that and that leads you to burnout. So it's very much similar to like anything else where having that contrast, even if it's like a day a week, maybe it's not a 50, 50 between IRL and streaming. Like you, you kind of should focus on both because going too hard in one lane is going to, you're going to burn out super, super hard. Yeah. That's amazing advice for aspiring creators. Like, taking time off because I feel like this industry is so freaking addictive. It is. Especially when you make friends, right? Like, yeah. you're always like, oh, I want to go make more friends. Like, cool. But then you realize you can't go see those friends until TwitchCon or whatever. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh. And then, and then, yeah, you just isolate. And you stay inside. It, it's very cyclical, especially, like, as you start to pick up traction as a content creator and you start to pick up steam. You're like, okay, well, let's do another 12 hour and let's do another. And then you sleep all day. And it, it, it has a way of sort of sucking you in. And it's not really the fault of the medium. It's just kind of the nature of, like... A job on the internet i suppose i think anything could potentially if you're passionate about it do that yeah absolutely i really feel like once people start to see the numbers increase they start doing things that they know are working it's so easy for you to want that so badly because you get a dopamine hit from that right like you get a rush of a bunch of amazing positive chemicals in your brain and you're like oh my god i want it you become addicted to it you're like let's go Yep, that's Ugh. exactly. That's the social media addiction too. Yeah, like, oh, somebody retweeted my tweet, and then you go check it out because you get that that feel good chemical, and you're like, okay, well, let's just keep doing this, and then you don't go outside and get the real feel good chemicals. So yeah, right, right, yeah, it can definitely detract from your life overall. Would you suggest people do like uh, do detoxes or maybe like take extended periods of time off, just away from technology? I try to make time for it on a, a few times a week. It, it depends on, like, your lifestyle and what you're doing. As a dad, like, I kind of get the luxury of, like, there are times where I literally just can't be on social media or can't be on Discord. And, like, that's kind of a godsend in a way. If I'm going on a walk with my daughter, I might have my phone, like, in the stroller playing music or something, but I'm not attached to it. Um, so it depends on, like, your lifestyle. I think completely cutting it out for a portion of your day at least a few times a week is really important if it's for a 30 minute walk and you just have music there's no twitter there's nothing sometimes it's i mean sometimes it's nice to go without the music and just like hear what the rustling of the leaves sounds like and things like that i yeah absolutely whether it's for a day a week i don't i don't 
a day might not be healthy depending on your level of content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like I said, little little bits and chunks per day like really can bring you back really refreshed as well. Not only good for your mental health, but good for your content creation because if you're refreshed, people feel that energy as well. So yeah like take breaks find it find time in your schedule to do so um a lot of people work hard nine to fives and then stream a ton and so like i said 30 minutes is like my bare minimum for going out and like sitting on your porch and listening to music or what you know just do something that's not twitter facebook right in your hand sort of thing yeah i love that so you kind of mentioned a few unique advantages that you feel like you have through your struggles and your mental health situation but i'd really like to kind of dive into that a little bit more um so you mentioned also that a lot of people on twitch struggle with anxiety and depression what do you feel like are the advantages that people get from these situations that they can use to their advantage in content creation to grow a community um, I think like I'm a really good example of like what you can do. You can take that positive or that that sort of like what a lot of people perceive it as a negative, right? A lot of people say I'm afflicted with or I suffer from depression or I suffer right. from anxiety. I never use the terminology I suffer from because my unique perspective and my ability to talk and articulate to other people how I'm feeling and my ability to empathize largely comes from the fact that I have depression. So it's nice for me to be able to identify with people. I live with depression. I don't suffer from and I think uh, being able to turn it into a positive and connect with viewers. There are so many viewers that are out there that are just looking for a community where they can go hang out because they don't make friends very easily or because they live in a rural community where they're not generally accepted. We, I know in my community, uh, there's a lot of LGBTQ individuals in there that are struggling with their hometown or their families or whatever, and they feel really accepted. And that is sort of the positive I can take from that is that empathy and that warmth that you really can bring. A lot of us think that sort of people that are depressed are sort of devoid of emotion sometimes, but it's not, it's, it's very like dependent on the person and you have a little bit of a power there to, to make a change based on your experiences. There are statistics out there that say that people that are depressed are more prone to being very artistic and creative. And I think that that also, there's also a study that says people that have depression or uh, anxiety also tend to have a more quote unquote realistic view on life. Um, that's up for debate by a lot of people, but I think that that's also like, you have this unique lens on things that happen around you and circumstances and perspective. I think it's important to know that like, as somebody who um, has depression, you can use that for someone else or to help someone else. Um, and so that's, that's what I've taken to do. And if nothing else, that just means that you can talk to other people pretty well. So, um, I think there's a lot of positives in there. You just got to dig for a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's it's a huge <laughs> a huge factor, right, of you being able yeah. to grow a community and be a successful leader, successful in content creation in general is your ability to empathize with other people. That's mm-hmm. so huge. You're not going to be able to grow a community if people don't feel like you legit actually care about them and understand them. Yeah, yeah. It's because there are entertainers and those entertainers fill that role very well and they can they can care. Mm. But there's there are people that say, I love I love me some entertainers, but I love when people are real and just throw it all out there for better or for worse. So there there's an audience that wants to hear your story and your side, too. I think that's important. 
Yeah, yeah. And we were talking earlier today in stream about uh, the seven things that you really need to build a successful brand. And one of those things is that context, right? And that story, you've built a narrative around your content and you're doing an incredible job of like following through on the mission that that narrative kind of expresses, right? Which is helping people overcome all of these struggles. So mad props, dude. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. It's, when you have people that look to you, sort of, I don't like to think that people do, but like, it's not, I mean, on Twitch, people look to you no matter what you're doing. But yeah, it's, especially with anxiety, you have a tendency to doubt yourself a lot when you're in the spot that I'm at. And, and that comes with the territory and that comes with like the reality of, of what we're doing. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I appreciate the, the, the compliment because there's oftentimes where you, you get this imposter syndrome and you go like, am I, qualified to do this at all like do i belong here am i like am i gonna get like exposed soon as being like you know because that's the textbook and imposter syndrome so uh it's easy to do that especially in the position i'm in so uh, i i do appreciate the the sort of uh, ups there yeah you're doing fantastic and it is reality too because we're hearing some some baby screams right now and it's great yeah that's yeah, the reality ready. though i love it she's excited yeah she's ready to go for a walk and so she's happy and she wants me to go but i, I can't oh <laughs> that's my dog right now too actually <laughs> exactly uh, yeah yeah the, Hi, yeah <laughs> she has ah, her care bear <laughs> so cute so cute okay well let's get into our next question which yeah. So we're, we're building this entire episode, right, for aspiring streamers, people that want to get into content creation, uh, or also just people that want to just open up the dialogue yeah. more about mental health. So what are some common traps that aspiring streamers fall into when they become part of the Twitch community? Um, it's, oh God, there's so many. Um, there's there's a lot. Um, the biggest one, and, and we talked about this uh, yesterday, because I, I run like a, a mental health podcast sort of thing, and so we t- it's very much like it, they they bleed into each other a lot, right? A lot of things that happen um, as a new streamer, and it's it'll it'll always happen to an, to a degree, but you'll be able to mitigate it a little bit better. Is one like again analytics defining your content and your worth. Um, I think that a lot of people forget that Twitch is really RNG heavy, where it's like when you're streaming, it depends on what game you're playing or are you in creative? Who else is streaming? Who else sees you? Do they host you? There, there are so many things that are completely out of your control. So sometimes we have a tendency to put our numbers like, oh, I only, I only have three viewers. You know, maybe, maybe my content's not good and things like that, where it's like, you know, it, maybe the right person hasn't hosted you for you to get traction and things like that. Um, so like putting our analytics and our self-worth, injecting our self-worth into analytics and saying like, oh, well, maybe we're not good enough because of that. I think at the same time, we have a bad tendency to watch other people and see what other people are doing. It, you know, we make friends like within our sort of our size bubble. It happens a lot as, you know, my friend has a hundred followers and I have a hundred followers, but in three weeks they have 300 and you're like, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong because my friend is doing X, Y, Z. Um, so we have a tendency to fall into like watching others too closely and not realizing that like, they again the rng may have hit them they may have got hosted by the right people a few days in a row their friendships may be sort of you know the friendships they're building may be paying off in a different way so um like being too numbers focused and remembering that every person who walks into your stream is like a human being who's taking time out of your day to to like watch your stream whether they're at work or like whatever they're doing i fell into the trap um about eight months ago right when we started like the mental health conversation of 
being like really concerned about like, oh, like people aren't showing up the way they used to. Like that's really scaring me. And somebody told me like, hey, when you start to worry about the numbers, when you start to worry about who's not there instead of who is there, we don't feel like we're people, but we're just a number to you. And that hit me home. And that's when I started to sort of change how we do everything on, on our channel. So just being sure that you don't really fixate on the numbers too much. If you build a community, build like build a family um, and realize that like there's so many random things that happen on Twitch that you have no control over and, and, and that affects your growth. And that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast a little bit there. I love that. And you can do that at any level too. It doesn't matter how many viewers you have. You can, you can be loving and energetic and say things like, thank you guys so much for being here. Or even one person, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you spending your time hanging out with me today. That, that kind of appreciation and that kind of gratitude, like that is what builds communities, right? Not, not just you. Like I want someone to support me. So, Hey guys, come and support come and support me it's like no love people and they're gonna want to be around the people that make them feel worthy and accepted and loved and all of that right you give them the good you give them the the good feelings and they're gonna want to come back and hang out with you so i think that's freaking amazing uh what are some other things that people can do to overcome those struggles um you know one thing i always say to help like easier way into Twitch and to like help you with those struggles is to like have a support system, right? Like when you're new to Twitch, it's really easy to like isolate kind of like what we were talking about. Making friends is like the number one, like be a viewer first. If you, if you can make time for it, like, and I would say you have to maybe make time for it. Um, having friends that you can talk to and be like, Hey, am I crazy and thinking like X, Y, Z way? And they go like, they either identify with you or they go, yeah, you look crazy. Like let's talk you down off that weird ledge you're on. Um, having friends on Twitch that can identify with what you're going through and can help you and you can help each other um, is a really, it's a great way to get over some of those initial fears, initial anxieties. Um, nobody ever got big on Twitch by like just doing it alone. Like that's not ever how that happened. Right. Um, so like just having friends on Twitch that can like understand that. Um, I think the other thing is just like kind of what you mentioned, just being sure that you're seeing it from the perspective of a viewer and being a viewer helps you to keep that mentality. Um, A lot of the times when somebody would pop in and be like, hi and bye, I was like, like, again, this was a while ago before I sort of had that perspective change. I was like, hi, you know what I mean? But when somebody pops in and they say hi and bye, that's actually them saying, Hey, like just real quick, I want to check in and tell everybody I love them. Like, they're taking time out of their what seems like an incredibly busy day for them to hop on Twitch and say hello. And you, that's, you should appreciate the heck out of that, you know, um, because they took time out of their day to think about you and time is invaluable. You can never get it back. So being sure that you're a viewer may help you to put in perspective in a different lens to see like those numbers maybe aren't quite as important and, and might help you to build a community um, organically. Uh, yeah, I think it's I, I was like I had a moment with my mic there where it looked like it was unmuted, <laughs> but it was muted. <laughs> OK, moving on. <laughs> so <laughs> beyond um, aspiring streamers. So if it's it's someone who just in general is struggling with their. Oh, actually, let's go even beyond that. If someone's not struggling with mental health. How can they better approach relationships with people who are struggling with it um, or who oh do man. who do live with it, to use your yeah. your yeah, uh, to, terminology, to, which is way better, by the way. Uh, 
Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I've had a lot of people that come to me um, that have been like, hey, my spouse has like bipolar, but I just don't and I don't know what to do. I think I think education is like key, like education. And even if you don't understand it, accepting it because um, it's not about you. That's like the first thing is like th- there's a lot of like mental health stuff that it's really abstract. It's it's hard for it's, you know, it, it's like describing like fibromyalgia to somebody who doesn't have it. It, you you can talk about it, but you've never experienced it so that the impactfulness is a little different, right? Um, so one, like if you are somebody who knows people or knows streamers or knows like other viewers that are struggling with it, just reading up on it, taking a little bit of time, reading multiple sources and, and making yourself knowledgeable in how it affects people, even if you can't empathize with it, which a lot of people can't, and that's okay. You don't need to be an expert in your craft and have these, you know, 10 out of 10 empathy skills. Um, but being able to, to identify and go, Hey, you know, I understand sort of how these things work on a textbook level and being open to a conversation, being open to, um, listening and, and being open to accepting that it's real. A lot of the times, like a lot of us won't talk about it because we worry about people going like, Oh, that's not a real, you're fine. You're not, it's all in your head. And that like that shuts people in, you know, a lot of people have parental deniers or friends who don't believe in mental health issues and things like that. And so just being somebody who is accepting as well as somebody who is willing to to just do a little research, because to me, like when my fiance started doing research and understanding a little bit more about my anxiety, that meant the world to me. And that opened up new pathways for conversation where she doesn't quite 100 percent get it, but she's she she sees the signs now she starts to understand it on a textbook level and that that helps so much with us in our conversations especially regarding parenting and things like that so making yourself knowledgeable and just being there and open you can't always fix it um and it's not always your fault sometimes you're just a bystander but just putting yourself in the best possible position to to help those individuals out yeah I love that. And it's the same for streamers as well, I think, is yeah. we need to we need to become knowledgeable with the things that our community is experiencing, regardless of if those things are like positive or negative, right? So staying as up as we can on things that they're interested in um, and building a, a better experience for them all comes from getting to know them and who they are and, and empathizing with them. Absolutely, yeah. So good. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. What's my next question here for you? You mentioned your podcast. Okay, so I definitely want you to plug your podcast in this podcast, which is super freaking meta. Let's do this. (laughs) And also give us like any other resources that you know of or that you've used personally that could help out Mm. people that are living with um, whether that's depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, okay, so I guess my podcast. So it's not, uh, we're working on getting it syndicated on podcast services right now, but right now the audio only version is on our Patreon completely for free. So patreon.com slash cooperatives. Um, it's downloadable. You can just download it and listen to it. Um, our video version, because there's a huge video element to it that we have worked hard to try to integrate, um, that's on youtube.com slash cooperatives. So YouTube or Patreon slash my username. Um, pretty easy to find it's a a lengthy hour 45 minutes we only have two episodes so we're still fresh (laughs) um in terms of resources i honestly have taken to reading a lot of scholarly articles from different um different colleges and collegiate materials and things like that 
Um, I think also it's odd and a little cliche, but like TED Talks regarding that stuff is like super important because those are very relatable and they're articulated very well. Um, but also like looking at hotline numbers and things like that, we've done a lot of work to, because we're very suicide prevention oriented, um, that we've looked into a lot of, um, suicide hotline numbers. The uh, American foundation for suicide prevention is a huge resource that can show you sort of the tools, um, to, to not like, not like be a, you know, a warrior for suicide prevention, but like sort of help you to understand a little bit better and give you some pretty good statistical data that will maybe shed some light on some issues. Um, you know, veteran suicide being particularly high white male suicide being a really high, like uh, statistic. It's, it's very, there's a lot of very interesting data out there, but generally for me, there's not a, like a one source fits all resource, which is more frustrating than anything, but I, I take time to find data and sometimes honestly, Google searching and verifying sources is, is the best thing for me. But unfortunately, I don't have like a, a comprehensive compendium or anything like that. Yeah, which is totally fine. You're doing the work regardless of like just that comprehensive document for someone, which right. is amazing. So we're going to open this up for Q&A. So if you yeah. all have questions, feel free to drop them in the chat right now. But my last question for you is mm-hmm. what is your number one tip that you would give to an aspiring streamer? Um, the, the thing that I had to tell myself forever ago, and it's, it's advice that I never got and I wish I did. So I hope that it helps somebody, but like drop your expectations and leave them at the door. Um, the only expectation you should ever have for a cast, no matter what kind of cast it is, is that you enjoy yourself. What I mean by that is like, sometimes we have, even as big streamers, right. Or bigger or whatever, you know, we get a, for instance, a good example would be if I, I'm averaging like 70 viewers or whatever, 70 to 80 or or something like that. But if I get a big host of like 500 people um, and I am like, well, maybe we'll have a higher number tomorrow. I've set an expectation for myself. So what happens the next day if that expectation isn't met? I feel a little bit down, feel a little bit not great, not happy with myself. I I feel bummed. I beat myself up. So leaving those expectations at the door and just going, I'm going to have a great stream today because I like what I do. Instead of going this number, like I hope we hit this many viewers today. I hope we have this many subs today. Not having an expectation for those analytics can help you to feel more accepting of the analytics because Twitch is very much what I say. It's very much like how, when a puppy grows up, right? If you see the puppy every single day for the first six weeks of its life or the first eight weeks, sometimes it's easy to like on a daily basis, you evaluate and you go like, you're maybe not getting that big. I don't know, you know, but then you go back and you see how small it was. It fit in the palm of your hand and suddenly it's massive. And you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, try not to evaluate yourself too often. And that is sometimes if we have expectations, we do that really rigorously. So um, just have no expectations except to have a good time. Um, That's it. Don't expect people to host you. Don't expect friends to pop in. Don't expect anything like that so that it's always a positive feeling if people do come in instead of you beating yourself up wondering why it never happened that's so good expectations is such a huge part of this experience like i'm a huge believer in in mindset right (laughs) because i've i've been that person i've been on twitch for a long time now and i've been that person Mm -hmm. who had that scarcity based mindset where i was very focused on like 
expectations and if I don't get this amount of viewers then I'm just going to turn the stream off and that's you don't want to live that way okay if you're turning your stream off because your viewer count is too low quote unquote you're basically right. saying to all those people that came out to see you hey I don't give a crap about you like yep. <laughs> I only care about the numbers <laughs> exactly like you guys aren't enough yeah and that's yeah it's a, it's a harsh and I think everybody slips into it especially around the partner push area um, mm-hmm. with like Twitch's viewer count requirements and all that it gets very it's, there's a minefield out there so yeah just leaving that at the door and reminding yourself like I'd probably be playing video games anyway or doing whatever I'm doing anyway so might as well just have a good time and you know, hope for the best like I think that's important so. yeah totally and I think that that positive mindset as as much as you can have it just go mm-hmm. out there and have a good time exactly like you said is is kind of how you want to run your stream so our first question is from Zeri who asked how do you discourage the mental health talk without coming across as uncaring I had a random viewer spew all their problems in whispers to me and I sat mm-hmm. there reading it all thinking I'm not a professional that sucks for them but I can't really do anything to help yeah, that's actually something we have to deal a lot with, um, especially like as an advocate. Like I always talk about like, hey, I'm not a therapist, but we talk about like my experiences anecdotally and hopefully you can identify with ways that I've learned to cope. But you would be surprised with how many times I get DMs where people are like, hey, can I talk to you? And I'm like, no, like it, it's rough. Um, there's a point where you have to get a little bit of a thicker skin, but you also break, have to break it down and go, look, I'm not a therapist. There is a bit of a legality issue when you start to give advice uh, to somebody on a like in a way that you're not qualified to do. Right. Especially if it's somebody going like, hey, I think I might kill myself, which has happened to me before. Um, unfortunately, like in a legal way, I've, I've chosen to give them the suicide hotline number and say, hey, unfortunately, if something does happen to you, I could be held responsible for this conversation. I hope that you can empathize with that. Here's a hotline. And I'd be willing to just talk with you about anything else but this. I cannot continue with this discussion. Depends on how you want to handle it. But at the end of the day, like, there's a way to not be rude about it and just go like, hey, I, I'm, I'm not a therapist. My, my DMs aren't open for this kind of conversation. Um, and, you know, it, you just kind of have to figure out your way on how you want to handle that and how you want to message it. But it is completely okay to shut it down. Um, I will let you know that that's something that you should be able to do because we're not therapists. We're at the end of the day, we are ultimately entertainers. We may advocate for something or advocate for you to have a positive mentality or positive, healthy mindset. But that doesn't mean that we're qualified to tell you how to live your life or give you advice on your life. Um, It gets really muddy. So uh, how to do it is kind of up to you. Hopefully, maybe you can extrapolate some data from what I gave you, but um, it's okay to do it and just let them know like, hey, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I, I, I can't, I'm not qualified and I don't maybe have time in my day to do this, um, which is also something I frequently have to say. I can't reply because I'm with my child right now. Like, I, It's just how it is. So um, you'll, people will walk away from you because of it because you know I've been told I grew too big and I don't like I can't respond the way I used to but I have never responded to that kind of stuff you you might receive criticism but you have to do what's healthiest for you so yeah absolutely I love that and it's this is like it happens all the time this -hmm. happens all the time lately and you're seeing it we're seeing it a lot on like Twitter a lot of people coming out and talking about how they have people that are placing these expectations on them but at the end of the day like 
Yeah. Uh, you might you might remember what the term is. It's not coming to my mind right now, but whenever you are a content creator and you're creating a lot and you're building a community, your community and each person inside of it gets to know you very very well. Mm-hmm. But you reach a point where like you can only have as the creator so many friendships, and then you just you can't get to know anyone beyond that number anymore, right? Yeah. Do do you remember what that's called? I don't specifically. Uh, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, it's this weird but threshold. But it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy. And people think that that you know them to this level because you're spending so much time with them and they really yeah. feel that like one-on-one connection with you, which is great. Like you want them to feel good and you want them to feel excited to hang out with you and to feel like you're their friend. But at the same time, it's like it's such a disconnect from how much we actually know about each individual member of our community versus how much they know about us. Right. And that's that's sort of the weird compromising position is especially at conventions, people walk up to you and for me specifically, people know most aspects of my life, which is dangerous, but it's the way I've chosen to to do this, right? If I'm gonna be transparent, I might as well go all in. So, you know, people don't know where I live, but they know I have a kid, they know I have a fiance, they you know, I'm I'm pretty transparent. But there's a point where like I don't know you guys as much as you know me and that like they're they're and there's a reason for that right so yeah like absolutely having those sort of um like I want to know about your day I want to know how you're feeling you know if you had a doctor's appointment cool let's talk about it I may not be able to retain your family history I may not like you know there are things that like I'm not going to be able to remember or I won't be able to build and things like that so it's yeah, exactly. Like, there's like a threshold where our brains can only store so much and remember so much on like a a, a day to day basis. And and yeah, and, and like I said, there's a reason like I don't reply to personal DMs. Like, we have a public venting section in Discord, all kinds of ways for the community to lift each other up. But I can't answer a lot of those because if I give one person personal DM time, I have to do it to everybody. You know, I have to mm-hmm. share with the class, if you will, and it just becomes far too time consuming, daunting, and I'm not qualified for it. So. Totally. So our second question is from one on Drury Lane, a.k.a. Muffin, who asks, are there any suggestions from Goop on how to support family members, my wife and daughter who have depression on how to relate and support and be what they need? Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. As somebody who me and my fiance have been together for eight years since high school, it's been a long run. Uh, I haven't always been as in tune and self-aware with who I am and my mental health as I am now. Um, For a long time when I was feeling really down and really wanted to seclude myself away, the biggest thing was that my fiance would think that she did something wrong, that that I was unfulfilled with our relationship, um, et cetera, right? Um, the, the key thing to know about like depression and it manifests differently in other people, but depression generally is depression. Um, the best thing that you can do is not take it personally and just be aware that it exists and that's happening. Give appropriate space, but also encourage healthy behaviors. Again, taking multivitamins, because if we're not going outside enough, that could be a hindrance to our vitamin D consumption, um, things like that. Encouraging healthy lifestyles like drinking water, not having so much junk food, less energy drinks, not quite as much artificial sugar. Our physical health is just as important as our mental health in a lot of ways. If we're not treating our bodies right, of course, they're not going to regulate our brain circuitry the right way. That's It's not how that works, right? So if we're treating our bodies badly, you know, so being sure that as much as you can, you're encouraging those healthy behaviors. You're encouraging them like, hey, do you want to go out on a walk? We don't have to talk. We don't have to say anything, but do you just want to walk around the block and just get outside for a few minutes? 
Um, it's easy to want to seclude and put ourselves in a corner when we get into like a depressive sort of episode and encouraging that stuff may help. And, and again, reading, making yourself knowledgeable about those things um, and being sure that if they have an old diagnosis, encouraging a re-diagnosis, I need to be re-diagnosed because the medical field changes. And what I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was a lot younger, when I was like nine and I was re-diagnosed with anxiety as an adult. Um, things change. It It's important to also encourage re-diagnoses and things like that as well. So being open, making yourself knowledgeable, encouraging really healthy physical behaviors and, and things of that nature, um, that will show that you care. That will show that you're really invested in them and that you're not taking depression personally because you can't take it personally because I promise you, it's not about you. Um, it did... A lot of times people can't articulate their depression because they don't even know what's going on. They don't know what's bothering them. They're in a hole and somebody's covering the top of it and they don't know why. Um, so it's really, really important to also just be sure you don't take it personally because a lot of times they have no idea why they feel the way they do. Um, so th those are my advices besides seeking professional helps and things like that. That's so great. Muffin's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that, that reaction. Oh, man, preach it. I needed to hear all this. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, and, and again, as somebody like we, me and my fiance were at our brink for a while where we weren't sure we were going to work out until I, one, I had to learn to articulate. So, you know, maybe pushing them to learn to talk and be like, you know what? Hey, I'm depressed today. I'm not, I'm not having a good day. Um, teach, t asking them for input, you know. Um, and to, they don't have to identify their specific emotions or why they're depressed. Just having them be like, Hey, I just want to sleep all day and I don't want to exist right now. That goes a long way. Cause then you can go, cool. I got you breakfast in bed. We're going to watch Disney movies, whatever. Like you can sort of, as you sort of mesh together in an important way, I think that you can start to bridge the gap and live your lives together because it's not, we don't live in a world where it's depressed people here and, and, and non-depressed people. So bridging that gap and you know there's a little bit of work on both sides i had to learn how to talk and discuss it and my fiance had to learn how to work around that and encourage those behaviors out of me so i think i think there's two sides to it but i think it's important that um you both are understanding about it oh that is so good <laughs> that is so good you're giving me the feels right now <laughs> okay, let's go to our, our next question from Fabulist, which was, I want to help others with what they're going through, but feel like I'm not the person to do that. How would you say you want to help with mental health issues without people expecting too much from you? Uh, you'll never be able to. It's a weird it's a weird dynamic. I always set a constant expectation that I can't do too much, that I'm not a professional, but people still will come to me as if I am a professional. Um if you're a streamer, that's always going to happen. IRL, it just depends. It's a person-to-person -person basis. Some people are open books like me. I have a tendency to overshare, and that scares people real hard. Um, I think the only thing that you can do is be honest with yourself and set those boundaries and expectations for what you are capable of doing, right? Like, hey, I'm a shoulder. You can talk to me. Uh, I can maybe give you my perspective on whatever you're going through or the situation you're in. Um, but like you have to be able to draw a line and, and, and make that clear and articulate it in a meaningful way. Um, but there's always going to be that time where somebody overshares, it gives you too much info or it, it's, it's almost always going to happen, especially in the mental health community where you have so many people on like 
the autism spectrum that have like Asperger's and things like that who don't know they're oversharing. They're just talking. And to them, it's natural. But to us, we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, uh, I don't know you like that. Um, so, it, you know, also being sensitive to different situations and being aware of like what may happen in those situations. I think it's real slippery and I'm not sure that there's concrete advice on it, but I think that that is probably the best I can get you is just um, setting a really clear and defined expectation. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the big one. Um, and then from there, just being able to articulate that once they've hit that barrier or that fence. Yeah. Yeah. I think boundaries as a, as a community leader is like so important and nobody yeah. really talks about like the boundaries that you need to set for yourself and your community and how you need to be like confident in those boundaries and reinforce yeah. them constantly. Yeah, you can't be afraid to or you can't be afraid to like lose people because of those boundaries because that's the community you want to build, you know. If you're if you're if you guys like to joke about like if you like to make lewd jokes in your chat and stuff like that, um, you have to reinforce the boundary of what is too far, but you also have to not encourage pushing that boundary as well. So, uh, that that's something you have to kind of discover for yourself and figure out where you want to be and then be able to articulate it meaningful in in a meaningful way without, you know, without seeming rude. There are going to be chances that somebody might think you're rude. You can't control that, but you got to do the best you can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Romeyer asks, do you have any advice that can help me get somewhere? I've been streaming for six years, almost regularly have zero viewers on average, zero chatters, the odd host slash raider too, regularly networking and always raiding slash hosting others just by myself. At one point, can I finally get by that barrier to finally having people actually watching me? Because I don't know what I'm doing wrong anymore because I'm doing everything else for everyone else, including supporting others. Um, so I think there's a lot of subtext in there that we have to be really yes. careful. That we're, <laughs> there's a lot of I'm expecting xyz because i'm supporting xyz i won't go into that quite yet but i think the first thing is you have to evaluate like what you're doing on twitch right i was a variety streamer for a year and a half uh or almost a year and a half and i had grown a little bit um i had like 20 viewers on average though maybe 30 maybe a good host but i wasn't going anywhere and i felt very stagnant i was i was spinning my tires so i think the important thing there is what are you doing on twitch what games are you playing are you playing games that have a directory that has nobody in it if there are no viewers that are going to watch how can you grow if you're playing fortnite for example you might not be playing fortnite but there are too many people who's going to scroll to the bottom and see the dude with zero viewers so you have to put yourself I always say, like, play the games that you want to play that will also help you grow. There's a good compromise there, and you can right. make that compromise. Um, so for me, I fell into Warframe. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, but I adore the game. But it's got an active community, or it's gotten bigger lately, but it had, like, zero to a 1,000 people watching. But it was amongst multiple different streamers. It wasn't one dude with 500 people and a few other trickling down. So I was like, okay, let's play this and see what it's about. And And it happened to be a community that accepted me and was really welcoming and loving and... I fell into that really well. So I sort of, you know, calculated putting myself in the right opportunity at the right time. I think there's a part of it that's also, you know, how are you broadcasting? If somebody hops into your stream and you're dead set, just playing a game, not saying anything, I'm out. I've burned my 15 seconds and you didn't capture my attention. I got to go. You know, I'm going to find somebody who is engaging themselves. If nothing else, you, a lot of people, especially bigger streamers, we get really used to relying on chat. And we forget that we can narrate what we're talking about or just expel information from our day or just do whatever. Um, You know, if chat's dead, treat it like a YouTube video. Treat it like it's post content, right? Um, 
I think on top of that, our titles are important, even though people sometimes say they're not. If you're just saying, like, I'm doing this in this game today, I don't know that that's a title that I'm particularly fascinated about. Like, make sure your title grabs me. Tell me a little bit something about you. Be a little weird or quirky in there. Make it unique. Um, and at the same time, you also have to ask yourself, why would anybody come to your stream over anyone else's? That's a really harsh criticism. But at the end of the day, what do you offer that some of the other thousands of casters aren't offering? Is it just good times? Because so many people can talk about that, right? You have to maybe find your niche to be able to grow. Um, and again, the subtext, right? Um, I don't know if you intended it this way. And sometimes we just say things. And, and But being sure that you're not like, I rated you and I'm not getting any love back. Like, that's not how that should work and we want to be sure that we don't have that expectation that that's how twitch does work um the thing that i did for a really long time is i was a i was a viewer for somebody and i i was just a viewer like i was a streamer but to them i was just a viewer they had no idea and that went on for months better part of a year and then eventually i host them with you know 10 15 people and they adored it right the thing to be sure of there is if the person's not appreciative of your one-man raid or your one-person host, maybe that person doesn't deserve your host. That's subtext. There's something to be said there. But if they're not like, oh, thank you, you know, like that means the world that you thought to bring, no matter how big your community is, somebody over, and you thought of me, that's incredibly important. So being sure that like maybe you're trying to align yourselves with the right people um, and not huge streamers as well be sure that like you know if you're rating co-carnage or like ninja or the you know nah, it's gonna be a little bit probably a bad idea uh because you're not really building a friendship you're just throwing people at them right because they have so many people rating them you know so building a friendship is also something really important to do as well so there's a lot in there and it depends on your like exactly pinpointed what's going on but that's why ashley's doing stream coach right that's why mm -hmm. that program exists so you can get in there and and somebody can sit down with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis to go here's what i think isn't working in your in your channel or here's what i think you can improve on and going from there so that's just like really general stuff but i hope maybe that helped yeah yeah and i think <laughs> i think a lot of that too is like it's so hard to pinpoint advice for someone from the information that you gave Romeyer. It's like, I, I'm hosting, I'm rating, I'm networking, I'm doing all this, and I'm still not getting any attention. Like, there's so much that goes into this. There's so much. It could be literally anything that Goop said. It can be the game. It could be the time that you're streaming. It could be, uh, do you actually have a value? Like, do you have a niche? Do you know who your audience is? Do you know who you want to serve? What emotions are you giving people? Are you asking open-ended questions during your stream? Are you taking the responsibility of the growth of your stream onto yourself and not placing it on others? That's a huge mm -hmm mindset that I think deserves to be talked about more because it seems kind of like you're relying on other people to be the ones to grow your stream for you instead of you taking that responsibility onto yourself. But like you said, yeah. it could just be the way that you typed it, it came out a little bit different and, and maybe yeah, that's not exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the context oh, there got yeah. lost, but I love what Alibral said, which is like relationships yeah. are not transactional. Like you don't trade yeah. support for support. You just love people and give them support and love and good vibes and the universe will bring that back around to you at some point, my friend. It does yeah. come back around as long as, yeah. like, you will attract the energy that you put out into the world. So if you are putting out energy that's like, no one's supporting me and I wish that people would come and hang out with me, that's kind of what you're going to get back. Um, yeah. So just keep that in mind. I hope that doesn't come across as, like, being too I don't know, rude or harsh well, or anything, but... 
it's yeah, the reality the i think <laughs> yeah the context is hard and 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 it's one of those things like i said it's there's so much that could be going around and I, i'm gonna be really honest and people don't like this advice but twitch isn't for everybody not everybody's an entertainer and that's 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 not me saying that to you that's me throwing that to the ethos is that like you have to have an aspect of entertainment about you um and it's just like some people i know were like yeah i tried twitch and i'm honestly a better moderator than a streamer and and that's that's also okay but um just just being sure that like you're not pushing too hard into something or or hanging your hat on something too hard and and putting putting all of it on the line for that one thing as well um so but but there's a lot of information that we are missing so yeah it's hard for us to figure out and and that boils back down to expectations as well um, being sure you're going in there with your best cast, your whether you're streaming for one or a hundred people, you want to put on your best face and do your best. And the reason for that is if somebody comes in and you're like, oh man, nobody's watching, then that person is going to bounce as well. And it's going to cycle, right? Nobody new is going to come in because you're down on the people who already aren't there. So you have to have your best cast, turn that viewer number off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if chat's dead and just, just be sure that you're going in with the expectation that you're going to have a good time with the game you're playing or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's all that you can hope for. Exactly. I love that. That's perfect. Wines asked, I have a question for Goop regarding charities. For someone who may not, wait, who may not have the resources to do a lot of crazy donation incentives, how does one make interesting milestone goals? How do you come up with new and fresh milestones for following charity events? I'm someone who always wants to do something fun and interesting for special events, but I'm afraid of running out of ideas. Um, punishing yourself is always kind of the most fun that people like to watch. Um, what I mean by that, so when I did, uh, I did Warframe, right? I was, I did a 12 hour event for Extra Life not too long ago. We raised $2,000. That sounds like a lot, but I will tell you right now, it doesn't matter how much you raise. Like, it doesn't really matter. Um, the thing for me that's always the most fun is finding ways that don't require me to buy stuff or ship you things or do giveaways, but things like you guys can watch and enjoy. One of my most viewed clips. I got pied in the face at like, I think at a thousand dollars raised, I got pied in the face. My fiance came in, pied me in the face. And then I had to sit in it for the rest of my stream. Like I wiped it off my face, but then it was just nasty and people love to watch me suffer through that. Um, depending on the game you're playing, like dark souls and things like that, it's fun to manipulate the game, right? Like, so if you donate $50, I will remove all of my gear. I will, I will go armorless. I will go weaponless for X amount of time, or I will, I will, you know, use all of my Estus flasks and not heal for X amount of time. In Warframe, we invert the controls. We turn my screen upside down. There's all kinds of goofy things you can do without spending a dime. Um, my biggest milestone was uh, I would get my fiance could do drag makeup on me at $2,000 raised. People really wanted to see that. We raised $2,000. I was not happy, but <laughs> we did it, you know? So there are ways that you can make some really weird things happen and, and fun things, and, you know, and bean boozled. I have a thing of bean boozled sitting right here, you know, like a little weird investments. People go crazy for that. And it's, it's weird, but you guys are weird. Um, but like that happens, you know? So there are, there are little things you can do mission modifiers and games doing specific types of runs and stuff like that. It, it makes it really fun. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff in your environment that you can use to make your stream interesting. I've been using this like, naruto headband lately and just go- oh totally goofing around with it like i'll do the naruto run where your arms are behind your back oh. and just like run through the street <laughs> i can't that's 
It's ridiculous. Like embarrassing yourself. That, yeah. That's actually a really good way to do it. Yeah. And I know somebody who like was like, I'll delete my save data for this game I have a thousand hours into. And I was like, jeez, like, okay. You know, so there, there's, yeah. But like IRL stuff, embarrassing videos that are not like harmful to others and things like that. Mm-hmm. Really good organic incentives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ugh, Naruto run. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It gives it's me high so school good. flashbacks. Dude, so many people that thought that was cool, man. I just I just started <laughs> watching it. Okay, I've like I've not ever watched Naruto before, and I just started watching it, and it's not it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's okay. It's, it's not terrible. No. <laughs> that run is terrible, but it's not terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so. It's so goofy to do on stream. Everyone freaking had so much fun with it. Uh, Merc- <laughs> oh, Mercenary Bunny had a. I don't know if this was like intended to be a question, but I thought that this was a really interesting uh, thing that we could potentially talk about. Which Mercy said that legit scares me when I grow and I can't keep up with every supporter. So we were actually talking about that level where you just can't get to know like your viewers that well anymore. Uh, yeah. So how do you deal with that whenever you can't keep up with all the support anymore and all the viewers? I'm lucky enough that my chats never got explosive enough where I can't handle or read most of it. A lot of the times I just address it out loud. Like, hey, guys, like, there's a lot happening in chat. I'm still trying to play the game. I can't catch every comment. If I if I didn't catch a comment, you know, feel free to repost it. But I, you know, it's not personal. I just couldn't see it. Um, I gave up the whole I know you on a one-on-one basis like forever ago. Um, mm-hmm. In Discord, like... Our community got big enough that there's like 300, 400, 500 people online at any given point in time. Not always chatting, but like, right, that's how many people are like just in there and that have the potential to chat. At one point, I was like, I'm going to give this card up. Like, I can't do, I can't know you all and be like, hey, how's your dog? Like, what's your dog's name again? Like, I just, I can't even do that. Um, You just got to give it up sometimes. Uh, And that's a good thing, right? Like, there's a positive and negative, right? Like, people won't fault you, you know, and if anybody does, like, maybe they're not right for your community. But if anyone's like you don't know my my aunt petunia anymore like you know like i okay look at me i'm a human so you have to like know that like one if people try to shame you for not knowing everything which will happen you just roll with that deal with that how you will in a respectful way hopefully um but i just had to give it up a long time ago and say like i know you guys like i know your names i know your usernames like but i you know i don't know everything about your lives and sometimes that's okay you know like it doesn't mean that i care less right it just means that i have less time to be invested right when i had 500 followers it was different than having eight thousand, and and it's is a huge contrast there so it, it's gonna happen how, how do you deal with it acceptance is step one right um you have to sort of mourn the loss of that capability in a weird sort of way um and it's okay. It doesn't make you less of a streamer. Like, you know, how do you think... Like, there's a reason Ninja hardly reads his chat, right? Like, he's just like, yep, I'm done. Can't do it, you know? There are streamers that get to that level to where they can only catch, like, every half comment. Because at the end of the day, you still have to play the game or do the artwork or sing or do whatever you're doing on Twitch. And um, you have to find that balance that works for you. So for me, you know, I can't live in my Discord the way I used to. I used to be able to be in there all the time. I don't even know, like, I see certain Discord usernames, and I'm like, I don't know who that is on Twitch. I have no idea. Uh, so, like, just happens, you know? And and But I think, for me, it's easy, because I decided a long time ago just to treat everybody, like, with care and compassion. And so, like, I don't necessarily need to know everybody, because there's, like, this ongoing, forever mutual respect, and there's a lot of love in there. So, you kind of find ways around it, but it 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 
never gets easier necessarily. You just sort of learn to like, well, I'm human, you know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you can't, you, you can't push yourself that far. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can learn a lot about people and there might be like something that, that you do re- remember about each person or a lot of people, but like yeah. you're going to reach a tipping point at some point where you just, you can't keep more information inside of your brain and so that's good for you that's a good time for you to like really figure out and even the entire time you're streaming i think is really good for you to figure out how can you get your community to care about each other and to talk to each other and not just yourself yeah set the example yeah and most of the time people will follow that example of like caring for each other yeah and that's that's why our venting section is so nice it used to be we had a venting section in our discord where people can go and be like i'm having a rough day I just want to like yell at the wind real quick or whatever. And and people would like, I used to respond to those pretty frequently. I can't anymore. So people start to respond to each other and it's become nice where like they'll respond to each other and lift each other up. And you kind of sort of have to set that example and push people in a organic way to do that sometimes. But it's it, it again, it builds like a family, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The next question. Oh, this one's good too. Zeri asked, do you think there's a problem with people mislabeling themselves, saying they have depression when they just had a bad day or a bad week? Mm, I think I think self-diagnosis is a problem. Um, I think it's also important to know that, like, one, it doesn't concern us. Um, like, I used mm-hmm. to get really yeah. enveloped in the, like, oh, you're not actually depressed and, like, trying to police that. Not my business. I need to worry about me. Like, I have a hard time en- enough handling me, so not my problem. Um, but I think at the same time, there's, there is a distinction between clinical depression and just depression, which people like normal, regular people can go through a depressive spell in their life. That is different than being clinically diagnosed with an ongoing depression. Um, so like, yes, people can be sad. Now, if somebody is like, I'm depressed and they've never gone to a doctor to be diagnosed with any sort of that, that is a problem that induces a sort of stigma again like you can try to educate in a respectful way if you choose to but it's not our problem at the end of the day like we can only do what's best for us and if we start to try to mitigate what other people do in their lives we start to be like there's a level of control we shouldn't try to influence on others so we have to be really really careful um with with that um you know but the 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 word depression does get thrown around far too often uh, for people that actually haven't seen a doctor before about it but that's not kind of that's not our battle to have unfortunately you know the best that we can do is go like hey have you tried to see a doctor right maybe influence in that way like you're feeling down have you tried to go get diagnosed and like no well we can try to encourage that healthy behavior instead of going like well that's not depression there's a there's a positive encouragement and a negative tear down don't do the tear down one it's not fun um especially if somebody actually is sad or depressed and hasn't been diagnosed that's that's not the action we want to take so um, encouraging them to have healthy behaviors, go get diagnosed, ask your parents if you can go get evaluated, um, which is a scary conversation to have. I've been there. It didn't work out. But I I think that we also have to be sure we're not over concerning ourselves with what other people say or do, because um, that leads to us not paying enough attention to ourselves. So, right. Um, it's real slippery. But but yeah. Yeah, that's such a good life lesson for content in general. It's like the you can only worry about yourself in general, right? Like you can only worry about yourself. And the the moment that you start to focus on other people and what others are doing, whether that is their follow numbers or how 
quickly their community is growing or whether or not they actually have depression, that's time that you are taking away from your community, from your growth, from your own life, right? Like, why are you caring so much about the way someone else lives their life instead of trying to make a better life for yourself? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yes. It boils down to just po- like pushing people in a positive direction, having positive conversations. And if they don't respond in a way that you feel they should, yeah. you tried, you did your thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Vandalize asks, what benefits do you think games have to offer those of us living with mental health issues? And what are your go-to games when you're having a bad mental health day? Um, God, get, like that's the reason Twitch kind of is the platform it is, right? I feel like anyway. Um Games have, like, a lot of positive mental health benefits. A lot of us don't... Well, I mean, like, I guess I'm okay in public. I don't think I am, but I don't know. I'm not the best judge of my own character. But, like, there are a lot of people that don't do well in public situations or meeting people or talking to people um, who have a lot of social anxiety or have panic attacks in crowds that don't go to, like, packs and don't go to, like, conventions. Like, all kinds of ways that people are sort of left without being able to interact in a meaningful way. So... Like MMOs, multiplayer games, cooperative games, like all of those types of games give people um, an outlet to, to one, like be somebody maybe a little bit different than they are in real life. That could be healthy. That could not, that, not for me to say, but it also gives them the ability to make friends and make connections and, and talk to people, right? Because at the end of the day, like if, if you work like especially odd job hours, right? Like if you work like I used to work until like 11 at night, you know, streaming at night was my social life because what was I going to do, you know, at midnight or one in the morning. And, you know, so it gives you that sort of outlet. I think there's also like a lot of dopamine hits that we get from games, especially like if you're playing PlayStation or Xbox and you're getting, I mean, steam, steam achievements a little bit, but it's not quite the same. But like, if you are an achievement hunter, you do trophies and you are ticking off those little checkbox that gives you like a lot of like, uh, people don't think of it this way, but short-term goals, short-term goals help us. Like, if you wake up and it's your day off of work and you're like, I'm going to get these trophies in Kingdom Hearts today or whatever, you know, that gives you like a little short term goal. And if you accomplish that goal, it gets you a little dopamine hit, it gives you a little bit of uh, a, a positive uh, sort of feedback loop, um, you know, and that's not to detract from like having real life goals. But sometimes on a day off, like having that little thing to do will keep you from being depressed or whatever, you know, Um Aside from that, I think that, um, you know, especially on Twitch, like that feeds into it um, where we we get out and we have this capability to be social or to be a little bit more extroverted. And people ask me, like, I'm introverted. If you see me like at an event or at PAX, I'm a wallflower. Like, I'm just kind of observing. But people see me and they go like, oh, you're totally an extrovert. Like, no, I'm talking to a camera in a, a room by myself. Like, th- this is my natural habitat, right? So it gives us the opportunity to be um a better version of ourselves or a version of ourselves that we're more comfortable with as well um on twitch and and with video games and things like that so um hopefully that made sense (laughs) it wasn't like rambling absolutely what are your games that you like to play when you're having a bad day that's right hmm i don't have a lot of time to game because i have a i have a daughter um so like it sort of depends um i so I, I'm not going to lie, I love Fortnite VR, but I don't play solos because solos put me in a negative mindset. I feel bad about myself or I get frustrated. So if my friends are online, uh, play with my friends and we like talk and hang out. And if we get a win, awesome, dope. If not, also fun. Um, other than that, Warframe is a really nice game for me to just sit back. It's a pretty game, but it's I can shut my brain off. It's very like 
it, it's a very grindy sort of experience. So I can just kind of go through, uh, slay a bunch of enemies, complete this mission, you know, and, and lather, rinse, repeat. There's not a risk for me to get really like frustrated. I think JRPGs are like a really great game for me as well. Literally, the role playing element, like playing Persona Five or something like that, and being able to invest in characters and remove myself from my own life and just sort of hang out in that world is also a phenomenal experience. It's not one I get to have that much anymore, unfortunately, but I think that's also uh, a, a good way to for me to unwind. And literally, like, almost anything on the Switch, like, the fact that, like, my daughter could be playing with Sidewalk Chalk and I'm, like, sitting in a lawn chair playing Hollow Knight or whatever, like... Yeah, that's also fun. So, oh my uh, god, goals! Yeah, yeah like <laughs> being like maybe not the best dad in the world, but being like, yeah, that's red chalk, <laughs> sweetie, and like playing Hollow Knight, you know. So, um, like anything on the Switch is like super fun as well. So, um, but but yeah, those are like my go-to games. It's like a weird variety of stuff, but you know, <laughs> yeah, just stuff that you like hang out and relax with. What what would you do? Here's a here's a really like interesting concept. So. Whenever you stream, right, consistency is huge in this industry. And it's huge and super important for you to be consistent and to commit to your content, to your community if you want to grow. If you are feeling down and you're really having like a bad day, the depression's really hitting you hard, what kinds of things do you do in order to to get yourself into a mind state where you're able to stream? Um, or do you? It depends on how bad it gets. If it gets really bad, like really like self-deprecating, I want to hide in a hole, I just call the stream off because I can't guarantee that I'll pull myself into a positive mindset fast enough to really deliver to my community the best me experience that I can. Um, if it's if it's mild or I'm just feeling like a little bit meh or a little bit of like the imposter syndrome or anxiety showing a little bit it it sort of depends i try to find some of my favorite casters which are usually some of my best friends on twitch and just go to their communities and and usually those communities are are incredibly loving and caring um for me i have a unique experience where like i said going on a walk with my daughter or playing with her can sometimes completely change a day um just being outside and again maybe just disconnecting entirely refreshing yourself a little bit giving you that 30 to 45 minute one hour break from social media and everything um helps as well um if i still haven't really broken the spell if you will by the time that um that a that a stream comes up sometimes just being transparent with the community for me really really can change it where i'm like hey guys look i'm feeling a little weird today i don't really know what it is it's not too bad but that's what it is you know like i'm not gonna be low energy but like i'm just kind of here for now like sometimes that that people like come in and they're like hey what's up let's talk about it like and and sort of just getting that outpouring of love will also like help so there's a few like there's levels there's tiers to that and sort of what that experience feels like but generally speaking if it's bad enough just call it a day it's okay to take breaks communicate that you're taking a break but and and try not to take breaks too often like that's the other thing is sometimes i'm like oh well you can take breaks and then people take hiatuses and i'm like that's okay but like, be sure that you're not, like, killing your stream career or whatever, you know. Be right. sure that you can identify where is too far and where your where your health is. That was actually um, going to be my next question because the next step in that journey is obviously if I'm taking time off, then mm-hmm. it's really easy, like, the more time you take off to fall into taking more and more and more time off. The more that you do it, yeah. the, the easier it becomes. So how do you prevent yourself from just taking a ton of time off all the time? Um... 
this is my job. So luckily enough, like if I take a ton of time off, we don't pay our bills. So like I'm in a unique <laughs> position, right? As a new streamer or like as a smaller streamer, um, I don't like the term smaller. So I, I use new, but right. uh, when I was a newer, a newer uh, streamer for me, it was, I was always really passionate. Like I hated taking days off, but I knew at some point, like if, if I had like, you know, subpar content anyone anyone who came in while i was having like a really really off day was probably somebody who was not going to stick around so like to me i made the compromise that like you know what uh today sucks <laughs> and that's okay like admitting to yourself that you can have an off day and going tomorrow we're going to hit it though and setting that expectation um to really give yourself that time to rest and sometimes that giving yourself that time and being like that's okay is enough to recuperate, take a hot shower, eat some ice cream, go to bed, you know, whatever. Watch The Office for the 11th time. Um, oh my god, my life. Holy insane. crap. Okay. Of, of all the shows I could watch, I rewatched The Office. Yes! Um, yep. Um, so it's okay so relatable. to like, indulge in that. Yeah, oh. I could go on and on for days. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, for me, I've I've always been so engaged and so passionate that I've never accidentally fallen into a consecutive day as all sort of slump. Um, I have I've debated it, but at the end of the day, like I sort of find a drive and motivation. Like I I have a way of turning that negative into a positive and being like I feel down, but like let's flip this. Um, for anybody who isn't like necessarily capable of that or has never done that, it honestly it's hard. It's hard to not fall into it's, it's the same as like for me with my depression, like when I had two consecutive days off at work, I'd be like, maybe I can just like call in on the next day. I need to go into work. Like maybe, you know, you sort of like you come to like appreciate that and love that. But I think also having short-term goals and being like, I can't achieve these goals. Not actually working. Right. If you're not actually going towards it. So I think goals might be one of the better motivators there on like how to keep yourself in line, you know, giving yourself space for hiccups, but also being like, if I don't come back, right, if I'm off for four days in a row, how can I even expect to meet these goals? And then having accountability and holding yourself accountable for those behaviors if you if you can't manage that. So that's my really that. rough advice. So No, that's great. And you mentioned goals too. I think goals is like a huge part of this, of streaming, of of maintaining your mental wellness. I think all of that is super huge. Let's talk about goals for a second, just because we've had this conversation in uh, the Yam Fam in my stream for like a week now, where okay. we've had so we've had some people that have been partnered and they've come in and they've said that once they hit their partnership that they had some regulars that don't come back and hang out with them anymore and that they found that it's like way more difficult now to grow their stream uh to to obviously like get more viewers to have more people into their space so i'm curious Mm. like have you have you experienced that and this is kind of a two-part question uh what are the goals that you set for yourself after you hit partnership it's a really weird question uh, in the way that it happened because I think everybody does kind of go through this. I think, I think I'll answer question one before question two just because it plays into each other's like so incredibly well. But um, in regards to like the, uh, setting goals after partnership, I applied. Um, I had front page time, met all my requirements on Twitch, applied, got denied, and I was like, of course I would. Like I had a lot of inflated viewership. Uh, applied again, didn't hear anything for two months. And then I had another front page slot. I was like, well, I figured they would have said something, but I have a slot, so whatever. And then they said yes, and I was like, oh. 
I didn't plan for this. Um, so, <laughs> so I got it and was like, what do we do now? Like for so long, the partnership goal was like the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And then like right. you got to it and there's more light, like you still have to keep going. So evaluating like what we wanted to do next was really important. And it was easy for me and my community because we do so much charity work. We do bi-monthly charity events, usually 12 hour events. Um, that I was like, I want to raise by the end of the year X amount of dollars. I want to hit this follower goal by the end of the year. And then like sort of organically pushing for subscriber goals um, was like, was something that we ended up doing. However, uh, and this plays into question one, yes, we had a flux of people that left and were like, your partner, you like, there were people that literally because I had a badge were like, you sold out or you can't give us individual time anymore. And unfortunately, like I want to hang out with other small streamers and support them. And I was like, I can't blame you. Also like the, and I tweeted about this a lot. It was like, when somebody gets partnered, they haven't made it. Like they're not instantly getting a paycheck from Twitch. Like I'm right. getting paid the same amount as a partner as I was as an affiliate, like two months ago. Like it's not like I've just balling on a budget right now. Um, it's very much like the same. Like I have a check mark and I get some emotes, but I have to pay for those emotes and I can't pay for them yet. So like, you know what I mean? Like you're still, you're still struggling like everybody else. You haven't made it. Um, you have a check mark. It's easier to talk to companies and people follow you for random reasons. Like you have a check mark. Like that's what's changed. Um, so there were people that were just like, yeah, peace, man. Sorry. You know, and it stings real hard. Uh, but you got to let it go because you can't control people and you can't guilt trip people and you can't even really be mad about it because there will be other people like people are going to come and go out of your stream there are very few people that are still in my community from a year ago like just doesn't happen and that's okay people grow people get new jobs people start families people don't get back on twitch whatever it happens um the important thing there also is that um you know like we hit this big boom right like everyone is like yay he made partner tons of bits tons of tons of subs and then like the next month it wasn't a drought we just went back to normal but it felt like a drought um and that's where not having goals and realigning what our community wanted to do and restarting goals and being like okay we want to raise by the end of the year i've raised since last summer we've raised well not i it's the community it's we um we've raised like 10k in different charities for different charities by the end of the year i want to do another 10k from like I think it was like April to December. So like that would be a, quite a bit of like exponential growth. Um, so I want to continue to do a lot of good charity work. And that means reaching out and making them more legitimate and professional, which is a lot of work on my end. I love work. keeps me going. Um, follower goals and things like that as well, which are good, you know, behind the scene goals. Um, the good news is when I got partnered, I didn't really find that I had any struggles with continuing to like get new followers or like have people like new people hang out. I think that people that do experience that partnership. So I guess funny story. I played, I played, I've playing Warframe for like nine months, you know, and that's been like my main game. But when I got partnered, I was like, yay, I can like, I don't need to worry about having 75 concurrent like every single night. So let's do variety. And then that's all I did. And I killed my channel almost. Um, I looked back at like uh, some some Twitch analytic things and it told, it showed me the games I'd been playing. And I was like, wow, I went from playing Warframe for five hours a night to playing Warframe one hour a night and playing Fortnite or playing Persona. And my community was not built on that. And my community was like, they didn't leave. They weren't like, nah, man, later. They just didn't come around because unfortunately, the truth to Twitch is that people love you but they also love you when you're playing a certain game. They're not going to watch something they necessarily don't like or not everybody is. 
And so my viewer numbers dwindled and we started getting hurt real bad for a little while. And I think that a lot of people maybe do that after that strain of having so many concurrent viewers and maybe putting themselves in the best situation to grow with this main game or whatever, they kind of let loose a little bit. And, and then, you know, you have the hype where you get bits and subs and all that you get partnered and then you start to let loose and do a little bit more variety. And all of that combined means that you have a heavy drop in, in viewership and stuff like that. That might be some of it um, that might be a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Um, but that was my experience with it. And then once I was like, I kind of miss Warframe and I miss like chatting with people that play Warframe and I had to rebuild and it was it was rough, but it was worth it. So I, I have that experience now. I So I didn't really have problems with growth. Uh, I sabotaged myself a little bit and, and I figured it out. So um, that was kind of my experience with it. But yeah. Yeah, I like that. I've actually I've heard that that a lot recently and we've been talking a lot about it because it's just I think it's it's a good dialogue, right? Like I think it's not something that's talked about nearly as much. And you're completely right. It's like a lot of people get their check mark and now they're like, "Oh, I don't have to maintain that average anymore, so I can just do whatever I want." But right. the reality of the situation is that when you're a content creator, like people want to get a specific value from you. If you found your niche and you found your audience and you're serving them really, really well, and then all of a sudden you stop doing that, to them that's kind of like, oh, well, you were really giving me something that I loved and we all loved it because there's a big group of us that has helped you reach this goal. And now we're not really getting that thing anymore. So yeah. they still love you, right? Because they've gotten to know you, most of them, your regulars, through your journey. But still, it's it's the reality of the situation. Is like they want something specific. They're not going to enjoy watching you doing everything that you do. And that's okay. Yeah. And, and I think, like, if you do turn, like, if you make too hard of a left turn out of whatever you're playing or consistently doing, people can go like, oh, you were playing that to get partnered you know what i mean right so like you, you also have to be sure like if you do that there will be it does look a certain way and and in my case they weren't necessarily wrong like i enjoyed the game it wasn't just to get partnered like i did enjoy warframe but it was nice to be able to be like okay let's pump the brakes and do like the random whatever i want to do stuff um so yeah absolutely though uh it i think it happens more often than people are willing to talk about yeah, I think so too. Do you f how do you feel about like pivoting your content? Because we can't do the same thing freaking forever, right? How yeah. do, so how do we handle a pivot? Should we actually do it? What does that look like? I think I think it's okay to diversify and pivot. It's very much mm -hmm. I think like what you tweeted out where it's like you shouldn't be solely reliant on Twitch. You should want to do other things and diversify and put yourself out there in multiple different platforms. I recently just started doing YouTube content. I have this podcast that we're working on that's really weird for me. It's a different sort of uh, space to be in and things like that. So um, in terms of like actual things that you're doing on Twitch, I think you should diversify a little bit. Um, I, I think you have to be there. There's like a you have to gauge your community is really what it boils down to. You know, um, a friend of mine who started he was doing just Warframe for a very long time. He started to do variety. He decided he wanted to do variety for like the first three hours of an eight hour stream or the first four hours. And then he would switch into Warframe. Um, and the reason for that was that he would have lower than average numbers for the first few hours. But then people would come in and watch him do his main game, if you will. I've taken a different route where I if I do variety, I'll start with my main game and then segue into variety. So I have like those big numbers and I maybe have a chance of introducing people to a new game or a new thing or whatever that may be. Um, so like there are different perspectives on how to do it and you have to do what's best for like your mental health. 
Um, for him, he decided that he wanted to go into his main game later because it's all up from there instead of having people drop off or leave. Um, so I think there are different ways to handle it, but I think you should diversify um, when it's right for you. If you're really loving what you're doing, that's okay. Um, and, and communicating, you know, communicating like those types of things and then sticking with it for a long time. I was like, I'm going to do variety every now and then. And that wasn't like good enough. You know what I mean? Like you can't just say, I'm going to kind of do variety whenever nobody can, you know, people don't like that. Uh, um, you have to give a schedule time and then you have to sort of follow through with that schedule, just like any other stream um, or anything like that. Uh, a friend of mine does music and games. He'll play, uh, he'll do a lot of music and then play Fortnite. So he'll do like a, he calls them like setless Sundays where he does all music on Sunday, but then on like, you know, Tuesday or whatever he'll play, you know, he does a lot of music. He'll do um, that for like three hours and then he'll switch to Fortnite and stuff like that. So there's, there's ways to diversify and make it work for you. Um, and like I said, multiple doing things on multiple platforms and being sure you're putting yourself out there in different ways um, might also help doing that. So I think, I think it's a necessity to do, to do that. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's amazing. So I could sit here and talk to you like freaking forever, <laughs> but I don't right. want to keep you from your daughter and your family and everything else. So where can everyone go to yeah. figure out more about you? Um, we are actually, my family's out of the house. So we're actually going to go live a little early on twitch.tv slash go operatives. Um, I made it easy, really Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, all slash go operatives. It's the exact same name um, that you'll find in chat. So you don't have to really worry about like spelling it wrong or, you know, anything like that. Um, so that's where I could be found. Um, like I said, I'm an open book. Uh, I'm also a discord partner. So discord.gg slash goop. Um, that's the one thing that's different because um, it's four letters and it's easy. So uh, if you want to like see our discord community and see what goes on in there and, and stuff like that. So, um, and then I put my name in chat in case people like didn't know how to spell that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's easy. That's where to find me. Uh, like I said, our podcast uh, is for new streamers, but also for people who are dealing just with anxiety and mental health as well. So that is an interesting resource that, that is post content. You don't have to watch me live to get a, a, a taste of that. And there's all kinds of perspectives from a variety of other casters uh, in those as well. So that's another thing I want to push and see if you guys enjoy as well. So. I hope you all enjoyed that. You can visit Goop at Go Operatives literally everywhere. And as a reminder, these shows are filmed live at twitch.tv slash ashneychrist. We're live Wednesday to Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. And we actually just submitted our partnership application like two weeks ago. So come and hang out with us and cheer us on. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. I love you all so, so much. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stream Coach Podcast. See you next week.